Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Monday, March 8th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle, and I am flying solo today. A lot to get into. I want to get into expectations for the 2021 Buckeye football team to start off the show. I'm going to look at the schedule, and we'll end the show talking a little Ohio State basketball. Don't worry if you don't like Ohio State basketball, as usual, I will warn you when I'm getting ready to speak about the Buckeye basketball team. But let's start with football. The schedule is very interesting this year. At Minnesota to start off the season. Then you get the marquee out-of-conference game, Oregon, at the Horseshoe. We didn't get the game at Oregon this past season, but we get the Ducks at the Horseshoe this year. And then Tulsa the following week. Tulsa's a decent team. Tulsa's coming here to Columbus. And then Akron the following week, Saturday, September 25th. That'll wrap up the non-conference slate. But I like starting with the Big Ten game, especially against a good Big Ten team. That'll be tough. Maybe be careful what we wish for here. The Buckeyes are going to win that game, but Minnesota is a good team. I think if that game was maybe hidden in the schedule a little bit, it could be kind of a trap game. But first game of the season, Thursday night, when all eyes are going to be on the Buckeyes, they're going to be up for that game. It wouldn't even matter who the you know who they're playing in the opener. You're going to get up for that season opener. Even in 2015, when they kind of sleepwalked through the entire season until Michigan State woke them up, they at least got up for the Virginia Tech game to start that season, the 2015 season, which was the all-star roster that they never played like it until uh, really, the, I guess, the Virginia Tech game they did to start the season. And then after Michigan State woke them up, they went up and blasted Michigan 42-13 to at the big house in Harbaugh's first year. That game, I think Ohio State was favored by like one or something like that, and they went up and, and crushed Michigan 42-13. to So that's an interesting opener at Minnesota. That's going to be, you know, Minnesota's bringing a lot of guys back. They have Tanner Morgan coming back, their quarterback. They have Ibrahim, the running back. Um, you know, he was all Big Ten. He's coming back. Um, they got a lot of guys coming back. So I think Minnesota is going to be a very good team, probably the second best team in the Big Ten West. So that's going to be a fun game. Oregon, uh, that's going to be a fun game. They are losing their quarterback. He transferred, but I think that's because he realized there was a, a young man in the program that was going to take his job, is my guess. That's going to be a fun game. Oregon, they are the co-favorites in the Pac-12 this year. When you look at the betting odds, USC and Oregon are bracketed right there. They've got the 11th best odds to win the national championship. So Oregon, you got to think they're going to be you know right around a top 10 team when they uh, come to the horseshoe. That's going to be a lot of fun. And again, Tulsa and Akron wrap up the non-conference slate. And then Big Ten slate starts up again at Rutgers and then Maryland at the horseshoe. And then the Buckeyes have an off week. All right, Rutgers and Maryland, the Buckeyes are going to stomp both of them. I don't have any doubt about that. And then after the off week, it gets interesting. At Indiana, and I think the Buckeyes, even though they won the game, I, <laughs> they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because, you know, everybody told them how bad of a, of a win that was for them last year over Indiana, the seven-point win over Indiana this past season. Everybody told them how uh, bad of a win that was, and I might have been one of the people saying that, actually. So I'm sure uh, they're going to be ready for the Hoosiers 
you know, again, though, that's not going to be an easy game. Indiana, you know, I was wrong about Tom Allen. I thought Tom Allen was going to be way over his head as a Big Ten head coach. I thought he's going to be the latest Indiana head coach to flame out. I don't think Kevin Wilson flamed out. I think Kevin Wilson did a good job over there overall, but um, he had some, you know, some minor issues, I would call them, with administration that uh, just kind of kept adding up and just personality differences. And there were some, you know, some allegations that were, I'm not sure if they were ever, you know, really, if they were unfounded or if they were ever proven to be true or false but most of all most of it was, was minor stuff with Kevin Wilson but I thought overall he did a good job but that's been a graveyard of coaches over there guys like Jerry DiNardo and Cam Cameron I really thought Tom Allen was going to be next in line no no I was wrong Tom Allen's a good coach there that's going to be an interesting game following week Penn State at the horseshoe little uh Halloween game October 30th Halloween Eve Penn State at the horseshoe so that'll be fun it's interesting because you know Penn State Ohio State played them last year in Beaver Stadium, but there were no fans there. So Ohio State got to avoid the whiteout. But so that's nice that Ohio State gets Penn State at the horseshoe this year, but Ohio State has to go to Michigan. So you get, you know, it, that's really unfortunate. The Buckeyes didn't get to play Michigan at home last year, and they won't get to play them at home again until 2022. So that's kind of weird. You kind of would like to think that um, because that game got canceled, that the Michigan game should be at the horseshoe, but the Michigan game will be in Ann Arbor. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, just running down the schedule. So after Penn State, which you know could be their toughest regular season game, we'll see. I think right right now it might be Oregon. Oregon's going to be the highest ranked team they play in the regular season. At Indiana might be their toughest. You know, Penn State just seems to always usually they play Ohio State pretty well. So I'll say Penn State's going to be their toughest non-conference or their toughest conference game. And then the following week at Nebraska, can Scott Frost figure it out in year four? Again, this is kind of the reverse of what I was saying with Tom Allen. I thought Scott Frost was going to come in there and not bring Nebraska back to what it was in the 90s. They're not going to win three national championships in the same decade. But I thought he would bring them back to being a team that was consistently winning nine games a year, you know, 10 games, you know, when you include the bowl game and everything. That's not even close to happening. Will it happen in year four? I don't think so, but I do think that they'll be better. But Ohio State has to go to Nebraska Saturday, November 6th. Following week, Purdue at Ohio Stadium. A little time for some payback after a few years ago. They finally get the Boilermakers after that game in uh, West Lafayette a few years ago where Purdue took it to them. So uh, a little payback from a few years ago for the Buckeyes. The few remaining guys were on that team. Ryan Day was an assistant coach on that team, so he remembers it well. Following week, Michigan State in the horseshoe, the final home game of the season, Saturday, November 20th. Michigan State's going to be bad again, my friends. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be good, and I like Mel Tucker, and I, I kind of root for them, so to speak, you know. The enemy of your enemy is your friend, that type of thing. So I, I kind of always, you know, not when they're playing Ohio State, obviously. I kind of always kind of root for Michigan State a little bit. Just make sure they're up there kind of tweaking Michigan a little bit, kind of just making sure they're just, you know, not, not letting Michigan do everything that they want to do up there with recruits or and just kind of, you know, again, you know. The enemy of your enemy is your friend. So uh, Spartans coming to Ohio Stadium, that's not going to work out well for them. Uh, they're going to get blasted again. And then the game, after not getting it last year, which was, you know, I guess fit in really well with 2020, not having the game for the first. I mean, the game survived two world wars. You know, it survived the Korean War, Vietnam War, and everything else. And uh, But uh, could not survive the Rona. And we're getting it this year, but we have to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan, Again, I, I really feel like it should be at Ohio State this year, but then again, I mean, I see both sides, I guess. I mean, it's like the Penn State game. I feel like really Penn State should probably get Ohio State 
at Beaver Stadium again this year with fans. Since last year, it wasn't even really a home game for them. Even though it was in their stadium, it really wasn't a home game. But Ohio State gets to avoid the wideout last year, and then they get the Nittany Lions at home this year. So in that respect, it kind of it's fair that, I guess, that they have to play Michigan on the road for the second straight time in the game, and they don't get them at home. It's just weird that it's going to be since 2018 that there has been an Ohio State-Michigan game in the horseshoe. But uh, that'll change next year. We'll get there. But uh, have to go to Michigan this year. Michigan's not going to be good. They're not going to be as bad as Michigan State, but they're not going to be good. And I know Michigan State beat Michigan last year, but um, still, I, I still think Michigan ha- has a better roster. But but it's a depleted roster. It, it's not even up to their standards what it's been the last few years. I mean, they've lost a lot of guys. It's Their offensive line is going to be depleted. They have an O-line coach that's never coached an O-line. He played O-line, but he's never coached the O-line. They have a quarterback's coach that's never been a quarterback's coach before. They don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. I don't see their defense being very good. They have a first-time defensive coordinator and first-time co-defensive coordinator. They've never called a defense before, and they've lost a lot of guys off that defense, even guys I thought would be good that I didn't even think were thinking about turning pro, like Cam McGrone, linebacker. He turned pro. Ambry Thomas sat off the season last year. He's gone. You know, Daxton Hill is good. I like him. He's like the one defensive guy that Michigan has that I think could start for Ohio State or at least you know be a co-starter maybe with uh, Josh Proctor Uh, they don't have anybody else in their defense that would start for Ohio State and Ohio State's defense uh, as as we all know left a lot to be desired last year but they're talented and I think they're going to turn it around big time this year we'll get to that in a little bit but uh, yeah Michigan's not going to be very good so I wanted to go through the schedule there I find the schedule very intriguing I really like this 2021 schedule it has good crossover games with the, the West division and you get especially with the, the opener at Minnesota and I love having the marquee non-conference game with Oregon who even though I said that they're bracketed with USC as the favorites in the Pac-12 I think Oregon's going to be better than USC and I won't be surprised if Arizona State is better than USC I think Arizona State's kind of a, a wild card out there in the Pac-12, but I digress. Our expectations for this team, I think the offense is going to be just as good. And that might be crazy to say when you're losing Justin Fields, who is going to go down and in the conversation as the best quarterback to come through Ohio State. Is he the best? I don't know, but you know, if we analyze it, I mean, you can make a very strong argument for him. I might still put Troy Smith ahead of him based on everything that that Troy did. Um, Troy was beating really, really good Michigan teams, and he was just he stepped up big in those games. And yeah, it didn't it didn't end well with Troy Smith, but winning the Heisman Trophy and everything he accomplished, I might give the edge to him. But you can make definitely make an argument for Justin Fields, and he'll be the highest Buckeye quarterback drafted since Arch Schleister for sure. And I think he'll be a top five pick. I'm not buying this nonsense. He's going to even drop to seventh. I know the Detroit Lions would love it if he dropped to seventh, but I think he's going to be a top five pick. But I think the offense is going to be just as good because you have Ryan Day running it. You have enough guys coming back, including what could be the best wide receiving core in the country. I still can't believe Chris Olave came back, but he did. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and I think a lot of the young guys are going to step up this year. Guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba, G. Scott, Julian Fleming. We saw what Jamison Williams can do. Um, that This is the probably the best wide receiving core I can remember at Ohio State when you look at the talent, the depth, and they're just going to get better. I mean, Garrett Wilson hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Chris Olave is going to get better, and he's about as polished as you can get, and he's going to get better. And those young guys are so green. They didn't even get a chance to play that much this year, those freshmen. And then the guys coming in, I think Marvin Harrison of that group, um, I say coming in, he's already here. I think Marvin Harrison of the the three freshmen that are coming in this year, I think he's going to play the most. But uh, Emeka Igbuka is probably going to be out there and uh, Jaden Ballard as well. But uh, I think of those, the true freshmen, I think Marvin Harrison is going to play the most. But of 
the second year receivers, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to play the most he did last year. I think he's going to be basically a starter. I think they're going to have a lot more three and four wide receiver sets, less two tight ends. Although they'll mix in, they like their two tight end sets, that 12 personnel. Um, they'll mix in some uh, some two tight end sets this year, but I think we'll see less of it. There was a lot of it last year with Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert. Farrell's gone, Ruckert's coming back. I think we're going to see more 12 personnel with, uh, or excuse me, less 12 personnel and more three wide receiver sets with one tight end in there and one running back. So that's going to give guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba a chance to see the field a lot more. I think he's basically going to be that third starter kind of bracketed with Jamison Williams. And then a guy like G Scott, I think is going to take a big jump as a second year guy, same deal with uh, Julian Fleming. So, and then the offensive line there, Mumford coming back is huge. It's similar. Like when you're losing Justin Fields and you say the offense is going to be just as good. It's like, what? I'll get to quarterbacks in just a second. Offensive line, you're losing Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis. And, and you don't think that's going to take a step back. That's crazy talk. Uh, but this offensive line is going to be really good really good um Thayer Mumford coming back was huge and uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer had a great year Matthew Jones really stepped up in his three starts no one saw that coming Paris Johnson is a second year guy is going to make a big jump and I, I'm still confident Terry Miller former five-star recruits going to be just fine at center it light comes on for those uh, third-year guys a lot of times on the offensive line so I think Harry Miller is going to be just fine out there as a starting center so I like the O-line I love Ruckert coming back as a tight end and then quarterbacks all right Here's the deal with quarterbacks. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. You guys have heard me say that on the show, but I love the competition. I mean, is there a chance all three of those guys could flop and they don't have a good option at quarterback this year? I suppose it's possible. It's highly unlikely, highly unlikely that all three of those guys are going to flop. One of those guys is going to be not just a competent starter, but a good starter right away this year. I'm talking about C.J. Stroud, talking about Jack Miller and Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord is already here. He's one of the many early enrollees. They have 15 early enrollees that are going to go through spring ball. They've been going through Coach Mix winter conditioning, and one of those guys is going to be a good quarterback this year for the Buckeyes. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud, but one of those guys, I'm confident, especially working with Ryan Day and just their pedigree coming in. I, you know, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud, and I have people that I trust telling me it's going to be C.J. Stroud, but we shall see. It's going to be a good competition and then at running back it's similar to what i was saying at quarterback i you know it's they have six guys going for the job i'm confident two of those guys are going to step up at least and uh if i had to guess right now i think master t is going to get first crack of the job and i think he's going to do well overall i think he, we know what he is but you know he definitely has you know a relatively low ceiling um but he's got a pretty high floor though too i think you know he, he can get in there and he can be a bruiser and i think he's going to be better this year you know, 18 months removed from that Achilles than he was this past year. And he was very effective at times this past season. But I do think Travion Henderson eventually is going to be the guy or Mayan Williams. I do think by midseason, those are going to be the two main guys. And Master Teague's still going to be involved. But there's going to be injuries. You know, things that we don't foresee coming are going to happen. So they're going to need all of them, perhaps. You know, Evan Pryor is a guy we're probably not talking about enough. You know, Marcus Crowley, if he's healthy, he's going to be in the mix. Steel Chambers, if he can hold on to the ball, he's going to be in the mix. He's a talented kid. He just needs to hold on to the ball from what we've been told. So, so there you go. There's the offense. Defense. My goodness, it needs to improve exponentially. It can't just improve. They were 56th in the country in total defense last year. That has to get way better. They need to be top 20. I think they can get there. They were the number one total defense in the country in 2019, and they fall to the 50s in total defense in 2020. They need to be top 20, and I think they can get there with, uh, I think, Kerry Combs. You know, I like bringing Paul Rhodes in as a defensive analyst. I think Kerry Combs. I think he's going to get this figured out, and they've got plenty of talent on this defense when you look at, at uh, the pedigree of the recruits. Tons of four-star guys on this defense and some, four, some five-stars. 
and some five stars, but tons of four star guys on this defense. I think they're going to step up. Now, they were very good against the run last year. They were sixth best in the country against the run. As we all know, though, they were sixth worst in the country against the pass. Unacceptable. Even with all the excuses you could make, unacceptable. They have to get way better, and I think they will. I think they will. I mean, Haskell Garrett coming back is huge at defensive tackle, especially when you're losing Togiai, who left early. Uh, I think Tyreek Smith's going to be huge as a senior at defensive end when they've got plenty of guys that are competing to start opposite him. I'll give Zach Harrison the edge, but, man, he needs to wake up. And whatever happened last year, that can't happen again. He needs to step up, and I think he will. But they have good depth there. You know, with, with uh, even losing Coop, they got good depth there with Tyler Friday and Javante Jean Baptiste, and then true freshman Jack Sawyer, who's already enrolled. So I like what they have going on there on the defensive line. As usual, they need a one tech D tackle to step up. I think that's going to be Jerron Cage, but they'll rotate guys in there. Antoine Jackson will play in there. You know, Teron Vincent, uh, even though he's more of a three tech, Haskell Garrett's going to be out there as much as possible as three tech. So, um, but uh, they'll have, they have some guys that they can mix in there. Maybe. The true freshman, you know, can play in there as well. Tyleek Williams uh, and Mike Hall. Now, Mike's not here yet, but uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous player. True freshman Mike Hall, I think he's going to be really, really good. Linebacker, I'm confident they're going to get uh, three starters to step up there. A lot of guys competing for jobs there. When you look at Taraja Mitchell, Dallas Gant, Kayvon Pope, Craig Young. I think Craig Young right now, I'd pick him to beat out Kayvon Pope um, for a starting job. But I think those other two guys I mentioned, Dallas Gant and Taraja Mitchell are going to start, but they've got other guys, you know, Cody Simon and Mitchell Melton. They're going to be competing for jobs. You know, Reed Carrico as a true freshman, you know, Tommy Eichenberg as a now a third year guy. So they got a lot of guys at linebacker and then defensive back. That's where they really need to step up. Seven Banks, I think is going to have a big year as a senior corner. We'll see what happens behind him though. Cam Brown coming off that Achilles. They're going to need some young guys to step up. I mean, hopefully Cam Brown's going to be fine, but I think you need to have the assumption that just, just to cover your bases that maybe he won't be. You don't want to put all your eggs in the basket of a guy coming off an Achilles injury, in my opinion, especially at a, a position like corner. Now, athletes are coming back from Achilles much better than they used to, so that's good news, and Ohio State has an excellent medical staff, but that's still a concern. So guys like Legend Cavazos, you know, Ryan Watts, they need to step up as second-year guys. They've got true freshmen that won't be here until a couple of true freshmen that are high on that won't be here until June, which are Kalen Johnson and Jordan Hancock, highly rated true freshman corners, but they won't be here until June. The one early enrollee that they have is Denzel Burke. Those guys all need to step up. Cam Martinez is a slot corner. It's a good thing that uh, Marcus Williamson's coming back uh, as a senior, uh, fifth-year senior, taking advantage of that rule where last year didn't count his year of eligibility. So... They need to find some corners, and I think they will. A guy like Legend Cavazos was a guy that the staff seemed pretty high on before he hurt his knee just before the season last year, and at least it wasn't a you know a torn ACL or anything like that. I don't I don't think he needed surgery on it or anything, or if he did, it was very minor surgery. Um, so Legend Cavazos is a guy that I'm expecting to step up as a second year guy, and then so corner we'll see. That's to be determined. I think they're going to get it figured out there, but um, they need to get it figured out, and until they do, it's it's definitely a question mark. Safety, I'm confident in safety. I love what I saw to Josh. Proctor and Lathan Ransom last year. I think those guys are going to take the job and run with it. And I think we're going to see more two safeties together and less of the single high safety. All right. So there you have it. I was a little more long winded there than I intended to be, but there you have it. There's my rundown of the personnel on the team this year. Expectations for the team. As you guys know, they don't change. I mean, they're the same as they always are. And and if for some reason the talent wasn't where it needed to be, or the coaching staff wasn't where it needed to be, Maybe I'd say something different, but here, here's the expectations for this team. Win the Big Ten Championship, go to the playoff, and at least compete for the national championship. And the ultimate goal, of course, is to win the national championship. Is your season a failure if you don't win the national championship? No. I, 
I've said on the show many times, I consider the 2020 season a, a success. When you win the Big Ten title, you get to the national championship game and you lose to a juggernaut in Alabama when a lot was stacked against you, not just Alabama being great, but you know, you lose Trey Sermon on the first play of the game. You don't have Tommy Togiai in the game because of COVID. You don't have Tyreek Smith playing. It's just, I don't think they would have beaten Alabama regardless, but it wouldn't have been a blowout if, you know, that if all that didn't happen, if they had, if they were at full strength, that, that would have been a much better game. And I think we all forget Ohio state was going into seemingly tie that game at 21 all, um, you know, late in the first half, they had to kick a field goal and then it just snowballed from there. I mean, it wasn't like, it was a blowout from the beginning. Ohio State was right in that game, and then it just it got away from them. But Alabama was the better team. Even if Ohio State was at full strength, Alabama was the better team. But the expectations don't change, my friends. You guys all know that. That's the expectation. You're going to win the game. You're going to go through the regular season undefeated. So you're going to win the Big Ten championship. You're going to make the college football playoff, and you're going to at least compete for a national championship and hopefully win a national championship. So there you go. All right, let's switch gears, talk a little basketball. As you guys know, if you're not into hoops, Great talking to you. I appreciate you guys stopping by. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, and Dan Rubin will talk to you tomorrow. But Ohio State basketball, not a good time to be on a four-game losing streak entering March, but that's what they are after they closed the regular season with the loss to Illinois this past Saturday. So dropped four straight. But they're still, like in all the computers, still have them as a top-10 team, and they're at, at the very worst will be a three-seed in the NCAA tournament. So the sky is not falling, but they've got to rebound pretty quickly here. I mean, they've got to get their confidence back. Um, they're going to be a number five seed in the Big Ten tournament this coming week. They will play on Thursday. They get one bye. They don't get the double bye, but they get a single bye. And they will play the winner of Minnesota Northwestern on Thursday. And if they win, they'll play Purdue in the quarterfinals on Friday. And that'll be interesting if that happens because Purdue, of course, swept Ohio State during the regular season. So that'd be a good chance to exact some revenge on the Boilermakers. Listen, I still am happy with the way the regular season went overall. Fifth place in the Big Ten. I thought they'd be right around there, fifth or sixth. So, you know, the four-game losing streak stings, but this is a really good team. I still believe that, and I still expect them to go to the Sweet 16, and we'll see from there. I Entering the year, I kind of thought that was their ceiling, Sweet 16. I thought they just didn't have quite enough offensive firepower, and if Dwayne Washington – isn't on and he they, they don't have too many guys that can find their own shot although i love ej liddell i love him he, he can find his own shot he's you know for a big guy he can do the step back he's shooting a three now but but st still they just they're like the feel like they're like a scorer away and maybe a rim protector away from being a team that i would project to go to the final four uh, but i like this team and they're going to be a tough out hopefully they can get their confidence back but big 10 tournament this week again they'll play on thursday they'll play the winner of minnesota northwestern Buckeyes have the number five seed, and if they're able to beat the winner of Minnesota Northwestern, they will play Purdue in the quarterfinals on Friday. So there you go. There you have it. Thank you for joining me on this solo edition of the Bucknuts Morning Five. I hope all of you have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. <laughs>